Good day, good evening, company. Love on the scene. Today is March 2nd, 2023. March came in and swooped up on us, right? It's March. It's beginning to feel a little bit like spring. It's still cold the other day. Excuse me. Um, we um, you know, we're into experiences now. Um, well, that's the story of my life. However, we uh, well, I it was raining, and my new thing is uh, I know someone said you still ain't got it. <laughs> I'm on working on getting that midsection, my core together, right? So we found this new technique, and so. It feels like we're on the island, so we went outside, I went outside, and I did a little routine in the rain, and it was nice. But doing that, I knew that the chances of me catching a a (laughs) kachoo was possible, yet I still did it. Actually, two days in a row. Today, it's sunny. So I have a little cold, and that, well, little sniffles. I'm not crying. I'm not, you already know, I'm not, so... However, uh, right now we are um, going into spring 23. There's a lot of good energy right now flowing around. And um, I can say as an artist, we're not really taught how to deal with that extra energy. Um, some people, you, you, it's, it's entertainment. As you know, it's a job, okay? You know it's a job. So you know you like to entertain people, but once that becomes um, consistent and you have people that are constantly wanting your attention or around you or questioning you or giving you their judgment, some of us don't know how to handle that. So we tend to push buttons on those that are close to us, if you understand what that means. Uh, but the entertainment, you get a lot of energy. Um, I notice some people, when you grow up with big families, you're used to different personalities. And so it's easy for you to, a little bit easier for you to tap into the entertainment industry. But if you come from a small, uh, family or a small gathering, uh, you're okay. Say, you know, I like to for example, I like to do music or I'm a comedian. I know that I can stand in front of my family and make them laugh. I can stand in front of my family and um, sing to them or, you know, perform for them. But when you're dealing with thousands and thousands of people, some people don't know how to handle that. And so what I've noticed that it can put you in a situation where you just want to put a cover over your head when you're not performing and just not have to deal with that. So I think, um, I know as an artist, you have to be trained how to, there's a process, just like anything else, you should be trained how to interact with masses because now your life is exposed to the masses. Whereas when you first start off, you only got maybe like five, 10, 15, 100 people. Okay, but when you're on hundreds and thousands of people and you're getting feedback, it's a different type of energy. So I learned um, when it first happened, 
on a personal level. I didn't know how to deal with it. And I thought I was the only one. So to revisit uh, the same people that were in the same lane and see the same reaction is like, oh, you know, you're only child. And they that's what their job is. So you got to go to work. But when they're off of work, they're not on stage, it's kind of cold. So I understand it. So I want to give hugs and understanding to my artists, my friends, or those who are um, followers or uh, fans of different artists. Be lenient, you know. Um, don't be so quick to pull out the camera and question them. If you do get some ideas of, of what you would say, celebrity or, you know, a celebrity comedian or, you know, a CEO or a, a business owner. Give them that time. Give them that time. And kind of, if they're in the grocery store, you know, don't pull out a camera. That's a form of, in, in a sense, kind of disrespectful. That's like... Um, up there, and I'm speaking on right today. I'm speaking on behalf of entrepreneurs and and business owners and entertainers. If you pull out a camera on an entertainer and they're out the grocery store or they cuddle buddy, you know, at a at a at a boutique, that's a kind of in a form of disrespect. If you haven't asked, if you just pull out the camera and everybody has access to a camera right now, so cameras are everywhere. So. I, you can't get caught. I mean, you, you're you not going to get away with, you know, half the stuff because cameras are everywhere. Um, however, when you're, um, you see someone, you know, you see on TV or you've seen um, on stage, the polite thing to do is ask. Ask because now you're invading their privacy, you know, um, you're invading their privacy, and I know that's that's a thing now. It's um, you know, everyone's like, oh, I, I caught a picture of so and so. You have, if it's not the proper setting, because you're invading their privacy, and they're human. We're all human. Entertainment is a job. I want to say that it's a job. So it's literally like you're asking your boss to write you a check on a vacation. We're on vacation. We're not checking it out. We check you out at the office, <laughs> you know. Um, so, anywho, um, good energy. Um, the the um, artists and comedians that were associated doing really good things in the community. Um, I don't really deal with um, people on a personal level that are destructive. We grew up on that. You get something nice, somebody want to come to your crib and tear something up. I grew up on that. Um, and that is the basis because everybody's trying to found their their foundation. However, things have changed. Whatever you did 10 years ago and you're still doing it, you are above average. So I salute those who continuously in their lane. Um, it's just like a job. If you had a job 10 years, you're going to have a certain standard within that company. That's just what entertainment is. You do anything long enough consistently, you will be in that lane successful to whatever it is as far as um, that particular lane. Um, just like, you know, school. You start off at elementary, you're in 
continues with that 10 years. Now you're in high school. From high school, you're in extended education for college. Same thing with life. Now you switch up lanes. It's literally like you're rebooting again. However, uh, <laughs> I'm, you know, uh, practicing different techniques on how to reduce my stress because I am a very emotional person and I've learned I work with artists. I work with a lot of artists, individual creators, business owners. That's just what I've known since the beginning of time. My father was an entrepreneur. Most of the people that he interacted with was either on the same level or they were higher. And that's just what I know. My mother was a free-spirited person. She uh, raised her children. What what housewife, creative, loving, strict woman. And so that's my foundation. Everyone doesn't have the same foundation as you learn. And so and you learn a lot of different techniques and lifestyle based on the different um, lanes you go into and the people you interact with. But our our foundation is business. The foundation is business. And so the saying that uh, I've always, uh, we've always surrounded ourselves around entrepreneurs, people that were doing something different in the community. That's just what I've known. Uh, this week came in, just swooped, <laughs> just swooped up on us. Uh, it rained. Uh, we wasn't able to get uh, in the field this week. We do have, um, you know, people are very personal right now. After Corona hit, it just pulled out a different emotion out of people. So we're still, you know, uh, getting people to come out of their shell and act and interact with um, the community and people. And uh, so uh, this week kind of went by. We do have someone for the end of the month. I woke up on a note and, you know, uh, I don't like to bug people after a certain, after a certain time. It's just like, I deal with who called me. <laughs> I deal with who called me. You know, I send a text, email. But I don't like to, you know, harass people. That's just never been my technique. Uh, but I put out a, a memo for a few people to uh, come and speak. But normally I got it going out in the field and it was cold. Company, I can't lie, it was cold. It's just, it just, I'm working on that. I learned how to put more clothing fabric on. Uh, yeah. Um, but this today I woke up on a good note. I wanted to uh, hear something inspirational, uplifting. Uh, something to get me triggered. I am um, talked to uh, my first uh, modeling coach and uh, she's, she just inspires me so much. Uh, that's where the name love originated from. Um, however, she um, inspired me. And so I got up today and I Went to my go-to because, you know, on Amazon, you know, we in that piece. <laughs> we in that piece. But uh, last night I went to sleep listening to, uh, tapped into it, online class. 
I'm in classes and just listening to people that are inspiring, people that are training you, some training you, and and also for conversation. Sometimes I I'll take a class on something, say as far as uh, <sighs> cup making, making cups, right? I have no desire to make a cup, but somebody that I'm talking to may be into making cups, and so to understand that process is is knowledgeable it's um, it's um something that you can be able to relate with so yeah so last night i went to sleep and uh, abdul um i'll send you a link um but he's talking about online marketing uh getting your business up up through the through online marketing i went to sleep with that um the sound. I'm into sound. Um, most artists are sound, scent, and that's one of the part of eliminating stress. And it was. I fell asleep. It was really relaxing and educational, but it was pleasant. You know. Um, also, woke up this morning, and it's just phenomenal. I know. I just. But it was so phenomenal to be in the right position at the right time and absorb from those that are doing. And I, uh, along the way, was able to um, come in contact, a brief moment, not knowing, and I think that's what makes it so organic, not knowing the individual, but he shared some tips with us. And as a life student, you can, I look in people, you look in people's eyes to see, you know, how in their, in their body structure, but it never came off disrespectful, rude, just like a genuine excited. And it felt familiar. I, I'm like that to absorb the um, information on the, the, the tips on how to be successful. So this morning we tapped into Damon John, uh, his audio book in the audio books is the, um, the power of broke. Now, the word broke in our community, it just sounds like ratchet. <laughs> it sounds like 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 the world is going to end, like, <laughs> like something is broken, you can't fix it. But if you really listen, you tap it and you listen, to what he's talking about, um, it's um, narrated by Sway. But if you tap into it, it's going to inspire you. It inspired me. Um, I just know when, when someone says broke, I think of something temporary. I think of something, uh, but it's your between, I say between blessings. So today we salute all our entrepreneurs, all our entertainers. Um, and we're going to listen this evening to Damon John, The Power of Broke. Ah, y'all stay good. We got, we got, we got some things coming on. Y'all be good. Keep going. Don't stop. Practice your levels or ways to eliminate stress. I got a good about 23. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Y'all be good. Love, truly.
Make me laugh. Peace. This book is dedicated to my friend David Breshman, a man who embodied the very best qualities of entrepreneurship and friendship. David always fought for what he believed in. David is a great father, a great husband, and a great contributor to his community. He never saw the color of a man's skin, but focused only on the integrity of a man's heart. David was one of the great early adopters, way before incubators and venture capitalists and angel investors saw value in this space. I can't thank David enough for always being there for me and actually investing in me, but with his faith, with his love, and his knowledge. The world was richer for him being here, and it's a poorer place without him. May he rest in peace. One, the power of broke. The power of broke is a mindset. It exists in all of us, whether we have money, opportunities, or advantages. Trouble is, most people don't recognize this power for what it is. They leave it alone, or maybe they don't even know it's there. Instead, they buy into the line from people in suits, fancy offices, or business schools who tell us that there's a certain way to start businesses. We need money to jumpstart our business. But that only works for a few of us, and only for a while. Why? Because, take it from me, the power of broke is all about substance over flash. It's about creativity over certainty. It's about taking a shot over playing it safe. And here's another thing. The money runs out after a while. Those deep pockets you may or may not have, they'll never be deep enough to buy all the passion, ingenuity, and determination it takes to have success over the long haul. Even if you got money behind you, there's no guarantee that it will see you through. It's the money in front of you that counts, after all. It's the money you need, not the money you have, that makes all the difference. In this book, it's all about that difference and how to put it to work for you. Let's face it, when you're up against all odds, when you have exhausted every opportunity, when you're down to your last dime, that's when you've got no choice but to succeed. You're out of options, man. So double down, dig deep, and switch it to that relentless turbo mode we've all got kicking around in our machinery. And that's when the real magic happens. Are we clear on this? The power of broke is the half-court shot you fire up with the time running out and the game on the line. It's the shot your teammates won't take because the likelihood of that ball kissing the net is pretty damn thin, and they don't want to mess up with their stat lines. They're playing the percentages while you're playing to win. And this can mean everything. I don't mean to mix my sports metaphors here, but I'm reminded here of that great Wayne Gretzky line. We miss 100% of the shots we don't take. So, take the shot. Absolutely take the shot. The power of broke is all about taking that shot. The power of broke is looking up at the sky, wondering what you got to do to catch a break, and saying, God, why am I doing this? It's living with the constant fear that you've gone crazy for putting it all on the line, but putting it out there anyway. There might be a million reasons for you to throw up your hands, throw in the towel, throw away your dreams, and put an end to whatever craziness you're pursuing. But the power of broke is that one reason you keep going. Maybe you've been rejected by 30 loan officers, but that green light 
could be waiting for you on the 31st try. Perhaps your product or service has been totally slammed by the first 30 people who try it. But the 31st review is a rave. And that comes from the one guy whose opinion really matters. Whatever it is, keep at it. Absolutely keep at it. Because, hey, you never know. When you've got nothing to lose, you've got everything to gain. Sometimes it takes having your back against the wall, leveraging your last dollar, and having no place to go but up, up, up if you expect something to happen. Because if you got to succeed to survive, you will. Trust me on this. Be a true innovator. Here's my take. Innovation happens from the bottom up, not the top down. Breakdancing, rap music, slam poetry, iPods, smartwatches, electric cars, all the most creative, the most successful, the most dynamic innovations pop in the organic way and then grow. Or not. You put your idea out there, no big thing, and it just kind of happens. Or not. People either respond to it or they don't. And it doesn't matter how much money you throw at it, how much you try to dress it up, it is what it is, and that's that. It has its own beating heart. You don't need me to tell you this. Just take a look at the world around you. Our favorite movies, the ones that win all the awards, the ones we talk about with our friends, tend to be the indie films that come from a small, sweet voice, a singular vision, and not the slick, big-budget, mainstream movies from the major studios. Yeah, those big blockbusters make the big bucks, and they can be a lot of fun, but they don't always light our imaginations or stir our souls, at least not in the same way. Just look what goes on at Art Basel in Miami Beach, the biggest gathering of international artists on the calendar. Hundreds and hundreds of the best artists in the world come to Florida every December to share their work, strut their stuff, do their thing. It's an amazing thing to see what some of these folks are up to. But it's not just the fine art displayed on the walls by the top galleries that makes all the noise. A lot of folks, they'll tell you the real excitement of the show, the raw energy, is off to the side. That's where you'll find the street artists, the pop-up displays, the next big thing. And that's where you'll find the crowds. Because when it comes down to it, people want to experience something pure, something real. They want to be lifted from their everyday experiences from what's expected and set down in the middle of something completely and breathtakingly new. I come from the world of fashion. That's where I made my name. But at FUBU, we were never about high fashion. Our designs came from the streets, from our own hard-won style, our pride of place. The spirit of our clothes was in our name, for us, by us. And one of the reasons we captured a good chunk of the market was because we were authentic. We were true to ourselves. Were we completely and breathtakingly new? Not really. But what was exciting about our clothes, what a lot of folks connected to, was that we wore them proudly. They were a reflection of our world. FUBU isn't the only successful brand that launched in this way. A lot of the most iconic fashion brands started out in a small, hand-sewn way. Haute Couture, at the high end of high fashion, is based on the same principle. High-quality clothing made by hand with the personal touch. In French, the word couture simply means dressmaking. 
And when it started out, it just referred to plain folks figuring out a way to dress nicely to turn their rags and loose fabrics into clothing that made them feel a little more like nobles. But today, the term has come to symbolize the best of the best. Why? Because it came about in this genuine way. The same goes for architecture, literature, music, technology, design, fashion, every important innovation, every lasting impression, every meaningful trend, and every successful business comes from a singular vision put out into the world with a small, sweet voice. It starts from the bottom and grows from there. Or not. Or not. Those two little words suggesting the possibility that things might not go my way. They're at the heart of everything I do. They're why I give myself the same marching orders every morning when I get out of bed. Rise and grind. Because in those three words, I find tremendous power. The power to do anything, to get past anything, to become anything. They remind me that the choice of whether to succeed or not is all mine. All right, here's your power back. Eight out of ten new businesses fail within the first 18 months. It's not enough to have a good idea for a startup or a hot new product. Execution is key. And part of that execution comes in finding your voice as an entrepreneur. Why do so many new businesses fail? Many times, it's actually because they've been cashed to death. It's because businesses built on steroids and on injections of capital are living on borrowed time. When the money runs out, the business runs its course. The idea that the best concepts and innovations tend to happen organically, authentically, is not limited to art and discovery. It cuts to our personal lives, too. Think about it. Our most lasting relationships are built on the same solid foundation. It's got to be pure, got to be real, or else it just won't work. If you're a guy and you pull up to meet a girl in a hot car, you'll make a certain kind of first impression, right? The two of you get together, you take her out for an expensive dinner, buy her a nice pair of shoes, and maybe some bling, you sip the finest champagne. By the end of the night, she's into you. And if you keep it up, at the end of the week, she's totally into you. Doesn't matter what you look like. Doesn't matter if you're a brilliant conversationalist or even if you share the same views. In some cases, you could be fat, bald, stupid, whatever. It only matters that you showered her with power, bought her a bunch of gifts and flowers, took her away on romantic weekends, and whatever the case may be, it all adds up. You presented yourself in a certain way, and if she responds to that certain way, that's great. I'm happy for you. Really. But what happens to that kind of relationship in the long run? What happens when all the money goes away and there's nothing left but to be yourself? What happens when you buy her a present every time you see her, and then all of a sudden, you lose your job? Then what? Don't be surprised if you find your relationship was only as strong as the money you put into it. When the jewelry runs out, no more fancy dinners, and the getaway vacations end, what's left? You've been riding a superficial high, a false emotion, and it's bound to catch up to you. It will. Or maybe you're a woman looking to snag your dream man. So you slip yourself into a fine, beautiful dress, get yourself done with hair and makeup, work out like crazy so you can't help but turn all kinds of heads. 
you finally meet this amazing guy and you really, really want him to pay attention to you, asks you out a second time and a third, and he does. And the two of you have a good thing going for a while. Again, I'm happy for you. That's great. But then you get a little older. You gain a couple of pounds. The dress no longer fits. Or maybe you're living together and you're stuck in the bed with the flu, looking all a mess in your footy pajamas. What happens then? Be genuine. Now, before you start beating up on me for presenting such superficial examples, let me just say that they're meant to be superficial examples. I'm trying to make my point in the extreme. No, women aren't just out for money and fine things, and men aren't just out for sass and sex appeal. The point is that if it's not authentic, if there's no there there, your relationship is not about to work in any kind of long-term way, no matter how you dress it up or how much money you throw at it. You might hang in for a while and have a nice little run, but it won't last. It can't last. It's the same in business. Let's say you open up a new restaurant. You design a gorgeous new space in the best part of town. You have no experience in the kitchen, but you have the money to hire a top chef, the best decorators. You have no vision, no specific market you're trying to serve, no style of cooking that speaks to you. But your research tells you that a certain kind of cuisine is crazy popular right now. The edge of the cutting edge. So that's what you decide to pursue. Basically, you focus group the crap out of the place, spend all kinds of money throwing in all the bells and whistles and every conceivable amenity, open your doors, and wait for the tables to fill. But it doesn't always work out that way, does it? Why is that, do you think? Well, let's say you're in the soda business and you decide for some reason to shake things up, tweak your formula, try something new already got the biggest most successful brand in the world and your market projections show steady growth for years and years but you get it in your head that the soda drink in public is fickle ready for a change so you shave off a chunk of that money and hire a bunch of chemists to engineer a new flavor a bunch of marketing experts to redesign your logo a bunch of advertisers to help get the word out you can afford to bring in the best of the best to work with you on this trouble is you haven't taken the time to stir up any real interest in the marketplace you haven't even identified any interest in what you're selling there's been no demand for a new formula folks haven't really tried it or asked for it and nobody's even saying they're tired of the old formula you've gone down this road for no good reason and you end up with new coke one of the biggest thuds in the history of product launches remember what happened there well, truth is, nobody outside the Coca-Cola company really knows what happened back in 1985 when New Coke hit the market, because nobody's talking. Nobody will cop to it. But I have some ideas. They teach case study classes on this New Coke fiasco at some of our top business schools, and I certainly don't have that kind of insight or expertise. And obviously, I can't put myself in the boardroom at Coca-Cola when these big-time executives made the series of decisions that set them down this path. But if I had to guess, I'd say that all their money got in the way, confused the issue. Probably, they were just making change for the sake of change, because they could afford to, 
and not because they needed to. Probably there was a collective and colossal failure to acknowledge the simple fact that business is like any other innovation, any other relationship. It grows from the bottom up. Only here, it's not about a guy and a girl, an artist and her audience, a designer and his muse. No. Here, it's about your brand and your relationship with your customer, with the marketplace. It's a marriage. I'm giving to you, and you're giving to me. It's a partnership. I'm here for you, and you're here for me. If the authenticity is there, if the business is built on a solid foundation, you'll have a shot to succeed.